Just know this. I have no interest in the heavens, if all they can do for me is look on idly. I place all my faith in the people. They possess the guidance I need. Welcome back to Yonapod. I am Evangelina, your virgin to all things Yona, and I am joined by my bestie. Oh, that was for me. Hi, I'm yes. Alex. <laughs> um, I I know everything. I'm a genius. Um, except I'm not because okay, so I was rereading I was rereading the current arc <laughs> and I realized that. I said something in the first episode that might be wrong, but it hasn't been proven that I'm wrong. So I'm going to run with it and I will be able to prove it if pushed into a corner. But I do think I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So whoops, we'll find out in 200 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I'm not quite an expert, but I like to to look forward to. Well, that's the whole, I think Alex and I have mentioned this before, but we're both former English majors and like that's what being an English major all about is like glomming on to something and being like I'm going to run with this and by god <laughs> I will have evidence to back up my point even if it's complete bullshit exactly so. exactly I was trained for this I've been training my whole life for this <laughs> <laughs> yes okay well thank you for the intro um let's Always. jump right in to chapter 10 because i am so excited i literally cannot wait to talk about this with you <laughs> because these chapters in this episode is bonkers mm-hmm. all right chapter 10 is called crimson hair the confrontation is continuing from the last episode in the last chapter Tejun is thinking about how Yona used to be weak and ordinary, but now even though she's lost everything, he trails off as Hawk shouts, you idiot, why did you reveal yourself? <laughs> and in my notes, I just throw, I love how they love. <laughs> yes. Uh, Hawk is fighting off Fire Tribe men, but the poison from the arrow is taking its toll. Eventually, he's pushed off a cliff and he is dangling by one hand in absolute peril. So you mentioned the last chapter left off in a weird place for a cliffhanger. And I thought, yeah, why didn't it end right here on this literal literal cliffhanger? cliffhanger? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I stand by my point last week. It was a weird place to end it. You should. This is where. You should. Well, I, I, I wrote a whole thing about it. When we get into the anime, we'll talk about it. But like, I have an idea of how to rewrite it so that this was the ending of last episode. So stay tuned (laughs) (laughs) i did also (laughs) get really distracted for some reason and decided to look up the history of the word cliffhanger oh yeah apparently it originated in the 1930s in the golden age of serial radio dramas and movies they needed something to entice viewers back obviously uh that's what the meaning is but for some reason i i wanted to look it up because i felt like it came from the i think it was steven seagal movie where he it's called cliffhanger hmm. and i assumed that's where it originated but no it was 1930s hmm. anyway <laughs> uh Tejun is thrilled that hawk is about to die yona is blue screening once again she realizes he's gonna die and she runs to him but Tejun grabs her hair to stop her he says nope you're coming back to the palace with me 
She snatches a sword and cuts her own hair off, turning back to give him a very intense look of defiance. Yes, important haircut time! Exactly. You were talking about the haircutting scene in the last episode, and you said, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. Uh (laughs) And I was like, yeah, well, you're right. This is the perfect time for it because it's what happens. (laughs) Also, you said she'll cut it when she's ready to renounce her royal persona. And this is kind of her way of saying, I'm not going back to the palace with you. So I'm willing to count it. I think you were right. Yeah, say that. Especially with uh, Taejun talking about how she's not the girl he knew. Yeah, exactly. She's shedding her own personality, her old personality, and she's moving on from it. Yeah. I did really like this. I did. I didn't. I don't think I fully noted it till the anime, but that whole thing about, yeah, she's blue screening again, but unlike with what she did when Suwon killed her father, she's able to break out of it and step into the action and be like, I need to save Hawk. So again, it's just like a really good indicator of like her transformation and her start of becoming that warrior. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited. But I do for like her. that it's only a start. Because she does still freeze, and she's not actually able to save Hawk, but she tries. She's not hyper-competent or anything, which is good because Hawk is already, like, super overpowered. We've talked about this. (laughs) So we can't have two perfectly overpowered people. So I like that she's just trying to stumble into it, but knows that she wants to at this point and isn't just letting things happen to her. I wanted to make this point because I've seen I okay so I haven't actually seen the argument but I've seen people argue against it that people online have mentioned that Yona is a Mary Sue and that's just not true at all (laughs) especially with stuff like this because Mary Sue's are like they're perfect and they do everything well and everybody loves them and like nothing bad ever happens to them because they get yeah there are no stakes with Mary Sue's exactly and there are here because Yona is flawed and she messes up and she doesn't know what she's doing and it's it's great but she's trying which is nice it's a nice like start to her uh character growth yes i i just put a little heart next to her line about it's my turn to save you like that's that's what she wants to do and then she doesn't he actually saves her we'll get into that later with the fall but yeah 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 (laughs) i love that line too she's adorable she's adorable after she cuts her own hair off, Taejun's left with a fistful of it while she runs off to save Hawk. Uh, and she thinks, I won't let them kill him, and thinks of her father's dead body, which is pretty metal and very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so that basically signals that Hawk is her family now. She's going to protect him like she couldn't protect her dad. Your <laughs> prediction from last episode was that she was going to make a deal and go off with Taejun, and Hawk was going to have to go after her and rescue her. Uh-huh. But Yona does not negotiate with terrorists, so she doesn't Excellent. get So she starts swinging on dudes. Taejun orders the men not to harm her, which makes her path to Hawk easier and less bloody. Crying. So I'm, I'm skipping over because you already mentioned it's my turn to save you. She's trying to pull him up. Crying, she says, if you die, I will never forgive you. Her tears on his face seem to surprise him because my boy has some self-esteem issues. And then Taejun runs down to them and tries to pull Yona away from the edge, but he's too late. Hawk slips and Yona is dragged down with him because she refuses to let go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I did math here. <laughs> this is my least favorite plot point of the entire series. 
I hate it. I think it's too convenient. And everything- oh, them surviving this giant fucking cliff fall? Yes. Yes. Everything else in the series makes sense, except for this. But I mean, okay. So, like, I think it might be next episode or at least two episodes from now. I can make an argument for why it maybe makes sense. But for now, no, doesn't make sense. Okay, so I did math. <laughs> the angle isn't perfect, but I would guess that it's about 50 feet at least to the treetops and then probably another 60 feet below that because I was looking up average height for trees and I was getting numbers like 200 feet. And I was like, no, that's like deep, deep forest where nobody touches, which is possible because this is very remote. But I went with the lower end of like 60 feet. So a fall from 10 feet can fracture your spine and a fall from 30 feet gives you very serious injuries. So they're like quadrupling the very serious injuries section of that. And they still Mm -hmm. somehow magically survived. I was telling my dad about it today because I told him that we do a podcast. (laughs) He could not care less, but he's very nice to me. So he listens to me ramble. And I was telling him about how we were getting to the cliff scene and how it was my least favorite. And he goes, well, that's what happened in Rambo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I was like, well, Rambo says it's fine. (laughs) Rambo rule. That's a new trope right there. (laughs) If Rambo can survive it, so can your main character. Now I'm going to have to watch Rambo (laughs) and see what he survives. (laughs) Uh I've watched First Blood when I was young. Honestly, I... Come to think of it, I watched a lot of movies with my Aunt Carolina that I should not have been able to watch at those various <laughs> ages. Uh, but one of them was First Blood, and I have a distinct memory. I don't remember which one it was, but I have a distinct memory of him like setting up traps. And this is the only part of the movie I remember, but like setting up traps for like one of the people pursuing him. And it's basically like this giant wooden board that's just like covered with nails and it like swings and like embeds itself in this guy's legs. And it's so fucking gross looking. (laughs) I just like, ah, I still clench to think about it. Gross. So yeah, I don't remember what Rambo himself goes through, but. Like that, that's the caliber of stuff we're working with within that film. So, okay, okay. Um, that reminded me of uh, a fic I was reading. It is not Yona, it was uh, Snow White with the Red Hair, because I do have to eat my words from the first episode. And <laughs> I am obsessed with the fic that's coming out of it because, like, holy shit, they're very talented. <clears throat> so, if you've read it, I very much recommend looking up something because they're great well i will say some of the best fic comes out of stuff that we just feel okay about because i feel like a lot of people are like i also just feel okay about this but has a lot of potential and let me show you how it can be better that is true the only reason that i'm really reluctant to admit that i'm reading it is that i don't want anybody to think that i'm trying to suggest you should watch it or read it Because, I mean, if we're talking Mary Sue's, I'm sorry if anybody out there likes it. It's a very, like, fluffy show. Like, it's it's comforting. And I can see why people would like it. But, I mean, Shiryuki is a Mary Sue. She just says, there's literally only one character who doesn't, like, fall in love with her within an episode. Anyway, 
um, I was reading this. I, that reminded me of that because uh, she at one point slashes the back of some guy's knee and he bleeds out in a back alley. It's real dark. Oh, God. <laughs> but she also she also has bright red hair and people are looking for her. So she dyes her hair. And I was thinking of you because I was like, oh, that's what you mentioned last episode. Yes. Dye your fucking hair. It's your number one <laughs> identifier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is not canon. That did happen in a fic. But um, other people do agree with you that, like, it makes the most sense to just fucking dye your hair. (laughs) Alexa, play Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional. (laughs) All right. Everyone realizes Hawk and Yona are super dead. Tejun does not take the news well. Back at the palace, Tejun delivers the news to Suwon along with the bundle of hair she cut off. Suwon looks shocked, while Kishuk reminds Taejun that his actions are tantamount to treason. Taejun agrees and begs to be punished, but Suwon invites him to spend the night and stay for the coronation the next day, much to the surprise of his, you know, assistant and Taejun, who uh, desperately wants to be punished for his crimes. Suwon walks away, holds her hair, and thinks of happier times with her and Hawk. The next scene takes us back to the ravine. Someone is singing, minding their own business, when they stumble upon Hawk and Yona, huddled in each other's arms at the base of a tree. The mystery person says, what a pain, a pair of corpses. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where the cliffhanger belonged to... Oh, okay. In my notes, I have, this is where the cliffhanger belonged, because you think that they're dead. So obviously you're going to come back and say like, oh my God, they're dead. What happened? And you have to come back the next episode. So it's weird that they just kind of like let the reveal happen so quickly in the anime. But we'll get into that later. Okay. Chapter 11, Ascension of the New King. Suwon is bathing in a robe and looking extremely emo. He smiles (laughs) once he hears there's a new lieutenant general with Moondock representing the Wind Tribe. Uh, So basically he doesn't really seem all that bothered about Hawk. He looks up at dawn breaking and thinks of Yona, and he looks sad again. Uh, As he prepares for the ceremony, he remembers a time when he came to visit the palace maybe a year or two previous. Yona pops out of a window to welcome him, and while distracted, Hawk taps him on the head with his glaive. Suwon says, I'm so jealous of Yona, she has you as a servant. Hawk says, you already have plenty. And Suwon says, but I want you. Hawk says, guess you better become king then. So Suwon is confused, and Hawk clarifies, I want you to marry Princess Yona and become king. Suwon is even more surprised, and he says he couldn't possibly. All right, here's the deal. This scene is extremely gay. (laughs) Yeah, I literally put, to quote um, Sailor Moon Abridged, that they have a hugely homosexual moment. (laughs) Oh my god, it's hugely homosexual. Yes, and also just the OT3 vibes were really strong. Like you talking about reading fic where people explore that between them, the idea of Suwon and Yona together with like Hawk as their third, but like subservient to them. Like this is that dynamic that Hawk is Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I want this. And like he literally asked Suwon, it's like, you want me, don't you? (laughs) Like you said you want me. Yes, what a charged line. You said you want me. Suwon then gets bashful about it and was like, oh, it's a slip of the tongue. Yes. Yes. So when I was first reading this, this was the scene that made me text you because I was going through the anime and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. I'm into this. And then I got here and I texted you and I was like, 
Do you know anything about this show? Do you know if they actually have like a real love triangle going on? Because I don't know that I've ever actually seen it play out in reality where there's like a true love triangle going on because most oh, of the time it's all like a three girl sides. Who- yes. Most of the time it's just like a girl who can't decide between two guys. But here it feels like, I mean, I definitely thought they were setting up that Suwon was in love with Hawk, who was in love with Yona, who was in love with Suwon. So it was like oh, a yeah. perfect love triangle. I will not confirm or deny because we're not that far yet, <laughs> but that's 100% where I thought we were going with this. There is also his inability to think of marriage, and he just wants his friend by his side. So that goes back to me reading him as asexual. Like, maybe this isn't sexual at all in his mind. He's just like, I, I want my friend around forever. I did get into a conversation on Tumblr with... Witches Greenbrew, who was super awesome, and you should go check them out. And they argued that Suwon was aromantic, which I can also see because, again, he doesn't want anything to do with romance or marriage. He just wants to hang out with Hawk every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see that. So, um, yep. Shout out to you, Witches Greenbrew. Thank you for that. I didn't read him as aromantic, but I'm not against it. There is also, though, the sexual component of marriage and the pressure to produce an heir as a royal, which he is very vehemently against. So Mm -hmm. that also could play into asexuality. Um, Then again, when Hawk teases, don't you want me after all? And Suwon is blushing, like what you said. And he says that was a slip of the tongue. It's pretty gay. So in conclusion, I have no idea what Suwon's sexuality is. (laughs) Just know that he's not into Yona in the least. <laughs> yes. Which, poor girl. <laughs> um, so this flashback ends with Hawk promising to be by their sides forever if he marries Yona. And Suwan realizing, maybe for the first time, that he's not going to get to keep either of them when he goes through with the coup. And then he tucks his head into Hawk's shoulder. Thank you so much. I forgot to write that down. That is a thing that I have only seen between lovers in anime or like romantic interests. And the way that I read that is like, I'm really into you, but I can't like kiss you right now or touch you because we don't really know each other that well. But I think it happens in Snow White and the Red Hair. Snow White with the Red Hair. Um, I can't remember who it's with, but I'm pretty sure it happens. And it 100% happens in Fruits Basket with Kyo and Toru, where he's like, realizing that she I don't know it's this big emotional moment and he realizes something about her it's very it's very intimate the whole gesture like putting your face against somebody's neck it is intimate and I've literally only ever seen it with couples (laughs) so another point in the Suwon like really wants to make out with Hawk like big time in this scene (laughs) (laughs) who can blame him who can blame him As he walks towards his coronation, he thinks, I no longer have a right-hand man or the girl who was so warm to me. I crushed them underfoot and cut them down to bring this day about. So now I have no hesitations anymore. He's crowned to whispers about who he is. Once someone says he's Yuhan's son, another person says, then I'm sure he'll be a wonderful ruler. He's slowly gaining the support of people. It's kind of like a grassroots effort. Mm -hmm. So is crowned the 11th ruler of Koka. So it's a fairly new nation then, isn't it? I feel like 11 rulers isn't a lot. Yeah. I mean, at most, let's say they live 
long lives-ish, and they live to be in their 80s. It's only a few hundred years old. Yeah. Sorry to mean to sidetrack. No, no, I'm thinking. <laughs> Let me do more research on that and see see where that lines up with like where the Three Kingdoms period of, of Korea fits into history and how long it was around. So as he looks down at his new subjects, he assesses the five generals. The Fire Tribe pretends to serve Suwon, but he knows that they've been angling to control the capital for a while now. The Earth Tribe only obeys a strong master. The Water Tribe is waiting to see how things unfold. And the Wind Tribe has powerful warriors who may turn on Suwon once they learn of Hawk's death. Suwon vows to unite all of these divided tribes. Moondock is very sassy with Suwon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that priests no longer dwell in this palace, which is pretty pointed uh, because they both know that his father's the reason that they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he says, but God is watching. Also very pointed. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, I want to see what you'll achieve before I join King Eel. Kishuk is ready to throw hands, but Suwan says, pretty cool and calm. I hope you'll watch me closely, but if the heavens only watch, what difference do they make? I want the power of the people, not God. He vows to restore Koka to its former glory and says, anything that stands in my way, even the heavens will be crushed. That's some pretty intense <laughs> language and also mm-hmm. like a really good, good section for who Suwon is as a yes, character. Yes, I'll fight God, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's like, what good are the fucking gods to me if they just watch everything? I'm going to do shit. I got to say, I mean, I respect it. Mm-hmm. Swan's out here doing hot girl shit. <laughs> As everyone cheers, Teu asks to be excused because, and I quote, there's so many people I don't want to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> he, he is my boy. I love him. He is my favorite. After the ceremony, we cut to Yona being drip-fed an orange by Yoon, a self-proclaimed pretty face who found them passing by. He says, no need to remember me. Yona remembers that they fell off a fucking cliff and frantically looks for Hawk. He's alive thanks to Yoon, who extracted the poison. We also find out he has a stab wound in his chest. He's bruised all over, has some broken ribs, and lost a lot of blood. Yes, and he's like in a full body cast. Like, Yona's pretty taped up too, but not to the extent that Hawk is. Yeah. Because as we learn... Because as we learn, perfect transition. Hawk probably protected you when you fell. This is what Yoon says. Uh, You were on the ground and he was holding you. The trees helped break your fall. So basically when they fell, they fell into limbs and it slowed their descent enough that Hawk only broke a couple ribs. I did note before we got to chapter 11, I was like, I thought the guy who saw them, I was like, oh, a pair of corpses. I was like, oh, is this about to be some divine intervention shit? Like this is like a specially powered person who's going to magic them together. But even though we learn that him and his little buddy who's about to come in are more than just people, I didn't get the feel that that was the case, especially the fact that he's, you know, bandaging them and giving them just like the standard remedies. So didn't quite pan out. So, yeah, it's it's still a little ridiculous. But, yeah, we're moving on. I love your theory that Yoon is a deity. <laughs> that's delightful um also that you called his 
<laughs> you called Iksu his little friend. His little friend, yeah. I think Iksu's like head and shoulders taller than you. He is. <laughs> Absolutely, he is. But he's little. But, but yeah, but I was introduced to Yoon first. So I'm like, oh, that's Yoon's little friend. <laughs> Oh, perfect. But yeah, that's what I had thought before chapter 11 when all we had was that, oh, a pair of corpses. I was like, oh, this is just some like wandering demigod. No, that's genius. I did not think that at all. But yeah, it makes sense for him to like literally state you're both dead. (laughs) And then like he would bring them back to life. Nah, he just did it through medicine. Yeah. If anyone would like to take my suggestions and run with it for a fanfic AU, by all means, do so. Yoon as a deity. I would like to see it. Mm. Um, I don't know that you're going to agree with that at the end of the anime. <laughs> oh, no. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, moving on. Yona is I'm wait, Am I going to be unhappy? can't answer that god damn god damn it sucks being no spoilers this is why i don't do this for any of you have listened to our past podcast i am a spoiler person through and through i will look up anything and everything i never let things just happen but i made an agreement that i wouldn't do that with this and i regret it every fucking single time that we do a podcast (laughs) no i'm so sorry this is like her personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> but you're having a great time, so that makes it worth it. But it's, it's so fun. Thank you. Thank you for doing this for me. <laughs> All right. Um, yes, as I said, Yona's pretty distraught. A man covered in filth barges in and introduces himself as Iksu, as we've already mentioned, uh, who is little sort friend. of Yoon's guardian. <laughs> or <laughs> apparently his little friend. <laughs> <laughs> Yona goes to introduce herself, but thinks maybe I shouldn't say my name. They don't seem like bad people, but we are near Fire Tribe lands. Iksu starts crying and says, you've been through such a difficult time. To which Yona says, no, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) You just found me after falling off a cliff, but I'm good. Don't worry about me. You're like so far from fine. (laughs) She thinks he's talking about their fall off the cliff, but he's actually talking about everything. He knows she's Yona because God told him, since he is the priest that they're looking for. Yoon says, are you stupid? If you just blurted out, what is the point of living and hiding? Which, I mean, he's got a point. (laughs) So that brings us to the end of the chapters and on to the anime. We have new characters finally, so I can talk about more voice actors. This one was actually pretty interesting. Yoon is voiced by Clifford Chapin, who was Kaoru in Evangelion. And he is also Bakugo in My Hero Academia, who is like the mean antagonist boy, I guess. I have to admit, I watched the first episode of it and did not care for it. I will never watch My Hero Academia, (laughs) but it's (laughs) apparently a pretty big show. So if you like it, he's Bakugo. Uh, he is also Mihaya in Snow White with the red hair, which I did briefly mention earlier as the only character who doesn't fall in love with Shiryuki in an episode. Oh, hey. <laughs> so continuing that tradition, he sees a red-haired girl and he's like, you're fucking stupid. 
Um, Iksu is voiced by Jerry Jewell, who was also Kaworu in Evangelion, but he took over for the movies. So they, they were both him, which was okay. kind of neat. Yeah. A neat connection. Um, he was also Barry the Chopper in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. He is Psyche in The Disastrous Life of Psyche, which I do recommend watching because it is extremely funny, like surprisingly funny. <laughs> and he kills it. There's this one scene. I am going to go on a tangent for a second. There's this one scene where this girl in school is decides she's in love with him and she wants mm-hmm. to like give him a, a love letter. So she keeps trying to organize ways to meet him or like run into him. Also, I should mention the plot is that <laughs> he is psychic. He's like the most powerful psychic on the planet. So he knows everybody's thoughts all the time. Um, so he knows this is happening. <laughs> but the way that they decided to do this plot is that this girl is thinking of ways to run into him. And when she's having these fantasies, when he speaks to her, Jerry Jewell puts on this really high, like, girly voice <laughs> where he's, like, pretending to to speak like a girl who's speaking for him in her fantasies. I don't know if I'm explaining this well, but I was, like, rolling on the ground. It was so good. <laughs> so, recommend that. And then finally, of course, oh, wait, no, not finally. He was also Victor and Yuri on Ice. Did a really weird Russian impression. Everybody said he sounded like Groove. (laughs) 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 But last but not least, he is Keo in Fruits Basket. Also, he's a Leo. So, like, shout out. So, Find me some famous Virgos, please, that are also voice actors. So I'm not out Um, If I think about it, I'll I'll make sure to note any Virgos that I come across. Hell yeah. (laughs) But I'm very (laughs) self-centered. Sorry about it. But I do have a plan. Eventually, we will, once we get, like, the char- more characters, I'll I'll tell you who your uh, astrology counterpart is, and we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay, so the anime is where I was thinking about how to split these chapters up better. So here's where they could have done the split in the anime, so that hawk hanging off the cliff was the breaking point. Although now that I'm talking about it, I kind of think them being dead should be where they cut it. And then the next episode is, yeah, I like this better. All right, I'm going, I'm going off book. (laughs) Okay. So in the last episode, episode five, we skip or speed through the action scene and we get to Hawk dangling, Yona trying to save him. She can't. And they go over the edge. Um, Tejun's distraught. They're at the bottom of the ravine. Yoon says, great pair of corpses. End of episode. Episode six starts with Tejun. Well, okay. It can either start the same way with Suwon bathing, or it can start with Tejun coming in and telling him that Hawk and Yona are dead. But either way, it's basically like, oh, shit, that's actually real. Like, they're dead. And Mm -hmm. then we're in the same boat as Suwon because we also think that they're dead. Mm -hmm. And then we get the coronation and we're like halfway through the episode. And then we cut to Yona slowly waking up in Yoon and Iksu's hut. 
And then we find out, oh, she actually survived. How did she survive? And then we flash back um, to the fight and we get a little more detail. And then uh, we stop the flashback with, I don't deserve to ask the God. I don't know why I always want to say there's more than one God. I don't deserve to ask God anything if I can't answer questions about myself. Then we cut back to the present tense, and that's where we introduce Iksu, who is the priest that she's going to ask. Done. There and you go. Rewritten, and I like it. Rewritten. None of this matters. But it would have been more interesting because they had that as the break in the chapter. So then audiences had to wait, you know, two weeks to find out, oh, they weren't actually dead. Although <laughs> when I was looking up Reddit reviews on this, somebody said it would have been interesting if they had actually killed off the two main characters. And just <laughs> <laughs> Now it's all going to be about the remaining people of the wind tribe banding together to get revenge. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been... Um, yeah, I don't think I would have liked it. I, I was going to say that would have been interesting, but like, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> it would have been surprising. That's it. That's it the best that surprising. I can give it. Yes. I do love how the actress delivers the line, damn you, you better not die like this. <laughs> I love, one of the things that I really love is when a character either says, don't die or you're not allowed to die. Yes. I have, it's always been my dream to sneak into a, a fic or an original novel. Like, if you would died, I would have killed you. <laughs> like, I love that sentiment. <laughs> exactly. I also love that. So, yes. Anytime someone says, don't you dare die on me. And then the other part of that that I really love is when the other person is, like, on the ropes and you think they're going to die. And then they say... I can't die here. I made a promise to someone. Uh -huh. It's good. Um, I am specifically thinking of Full Metal Alchemist um, when I say that, but I know it's I know it's come up in other things too. Um, I asked, "How does Suwan get his hair in that bead?" Because I I like his hair, but I don't really get how it fits. Oh, speaking of hair, I did like in the anime that her haircut was kind of messy and weird looking. Because a lot of times people will do that sun chop and it's like a perfectly edgy bob. <laughs> and it drives me insane. And no, her haircut does look awkward. With like the super long sides in front and then just like roughness in the back. So again, another point to her not being a Mary Sue. <laughs> That's true. And also, yeah, I mean, she like, she cut it off with a random sword. There's yes. no sword that's going to be sharp enough to give her sharp edges. So good point. Yeah. Yes. I did write that down too. I was like, I just as a tangent, I didn't look into it, but I am low key wondering about the effectiveness of a sword as a hair clipping tool. I mean, I'm thinking of Mulan and just like, and I feel like it's in other stuff too. But yeah, I wonder in real life how that would work. Because I, I can't imagine that you could just get that one swift chop that she does. No, I feel, I feel like, like you, Yeah, I feel like you'd really have to ha like hack at it and like saw at it. Yeah, but, and also that would hurt like a son of a bitch. It would hurt like a bitch, yes. 
So kudos to her. Yes, next episode we will come back prepared because now I'm curious too, and I wonder if you can cut your sword. Cut your sword off with your hair. Jesus Christ. Cut your hair off with the sword. <laughs> they changed Yoon's line in the anime. He says, what a pain. There goes my evening. Which is not quite Which the same. Which isn't as cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not as cool. I like his manga line better. Something I noticed in the anime during Suwon and Hawk's conversation in the flashback is that Hawk says, become king and I'm yours. And Suwon says, what? Um, and I I noticed that maybe he thinks that Hawk might be onto his plan. Oh, that could be interesting. And so he just sort of like startles and is like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, do you know that I want to become king? And then after that, I wrote, I don't know, I'm too wrapped up in how gay this scene is. <laughs> <laughs> any other thoughts on it um but it's possible i mean they don't really play into that but um it makes sense for him to be like oh oh, shit (laughs) yeah i did notice other little changes too like um they made it explicit first of all that suwan didn't think of yona romantically because he straight up says she's like a sister to me Mm -hmm. which i don't think he did in the manga and also um i thought it was interesting that he had this added line of you know, telling Hawk, you know, promise me that you'll always protect Yona. So now we have another person who's extracting this promise from Hawk that like his mission in life is to protect Yona. And it's interesting coming from Suwon, given that he's the one that she needs protecting from right now. Yeah, but that's what makes it so beautiful because he knows that. He's like, I'm about to hurt this girl in like irreparable ways. And I want to make sure that someone is there for her because he doesn't dislike her. He just isn't in love with her. Yeah. I mean, and he's obviously shaken up. Like I did notice that in the manga, like this is one of the first like cracks you see in his armor about like, you know, it's one thing to say, you know, I'm going to kill who's ever in my way. And then it's another thing to have to be forced with the reality of that and him, you know, seeing her hair looking out into the dawn and thinking of how, you know, her hair reminds him of the dawn and thinking of, you know, her smile and everything. Like it's really starting to hit like shit. I had to destroy two really good people to get here yeah he gets he definitely gets more complicated in this episode i feel like Um, yeah and it's it's really delightful to watch yes i can't say i think i in an early episode of our pod i think i might have called him a sociopath (laughs) and i can't say with certainty that i think that's the case anymore yeah i think I think he really did love Hawk and Yona. I think he just also got really focused on revenge and didn't realize how much it would hurt him to have to do that to them. But I feel like there's also no way to really prepare for that. Yeah. <laughs> how do you prepare yourself emotionally to like absolutely fucking devastate your closest friends? Mm-hmm. There's no way to like predict how much that's going to hurt you. Yes. Especially for someone so young. I think that's another thing the anime did was there was more discussion from the crowd during his coronation about how young he is. Somebody calls him a boy king. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is true. He's still literally a teenager. He's 18. Yes. (sighs) The tragedy of this broken trio. God, I love Mm. it. 
I am absolutely obsessed with the freeze frame that they held on the wind tribe when they're going, <laughs> when Suwan is thinking about the five generals, because I have no idea who half of those people are. <laughs> I don't know why they're in there. <laughs> so that was fun. It made me laugh. Also, uh, speaking of the wind tribe, Moondock's speech gets changed in the anime. Uh, oh, sure they, they remove the Yuhan jab. And then he says, before you join King Eel, instead of before I join King Eel. So he's like <laughs> legitimately directly yes. threatening the king in front of him. Yoon sounds too old to me. I feel like he should sound younger. How old do you think Yoon is? Um, early 20s, maybe 21. Early 20s? Yeah, like early, early 20s. Yeah. Well, I don't know when we will find out, but you are wrong. He's not in his 20s. Okay. <laughs> he is supposed to be a 15-year-old boy. Really? Sounds like it. No, he does not. No. I'm spoiling that because it really doesn't matter to the plot. Oh, yeah. Okay, so my final note is that they mention the divine prophecy at the end of this episode. They don't mention it in the manga. Okay, but does it exist in the manga? It does, yeah. Okay. We'll get to we it just... next episode, I think. They just gotcha. like bring it up really early. <laughs> tease it fast. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Iksu mentions it, and yeah, there's no hint of it in the manga. I just thought it was interesting. Did you notice anything that I haven't? No, I think we covered anything. Although I did, I didn't notice it in the manga. Uh, it was in the manga, I just didn't realize it. But are we going to have, like, when Yona wakes up, she's, like, hearing in her mind the cheers of the people as Suwan is crowned king. So are they going to have like a weird psychic link in the future like Rey and Kylo Ren? So a psychic link between Yona and Suwan. Yes. Uh, you know how I said last week I'm just going to start doing bullshit predictions from now on? That's my bullshit prediction. <laughs> they, they have a weird psychic link. Because <laughs> she could hear the the coronation happening. Um. Please never change. <laughs> yes. Now, my real prediction, if you would like to jot that down, is that we're yes. going to have to deal with, well, first of all, uh, Yona getting to ask the Oracle a question, which is what they you know, wanted to do. Hawk's recovery and Hawk reaming her for her stupid actions. What do you think about Yoon and uh, Iksu? I like them both. Um, I do. I don't know where to put Yoon because Iksu is obviously the Oracle. He seems kind of awkward and off his game a little bit, but I'm here for it. And Yoon, I feel like it's just along for the ride so far. <laughs> uh, well, I, I will say you nailed their personalities. <laughs> <laughs> Also, that I was watching this this time around, and I was like, man, Iksu is kind of like a very accurate representation of what your late 20s are like. Yeah. <laughs> kind of just stumbling around, really fucking failing at life. Yes. People He's are like, like, what the fuck are you doing? And you're like, yeah. I don't know. He's got an important job, but no one's really told him how to do it. And he's just like... <laughs> He is the perfect millennial. 
<laughs> oh man. Love that for him. Okay. Um, we are slightly out of order this time because we jumped to predictions, but would you like to hear the comments for this episode? From Absolutely. I would. All right. Our old friend, elemental guy two, he points out how easy it would have been for Suwon to marry Yona and thinks that maybe Suwon got in too deep with his co-conspirators and the people pulling the strings convinced him to go ahead with the coup. And I bring this up only because I was like, yes, this is exactly what I thought. <laughs> he literally already had. A, well, I guess King Eel didn't want her to marry Suwon, but they could have worked on that. Like, it's still much easier than, yeah, murdering the king, getting everybody on your side. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it it makes perfect sense for where we are in the story. Everything we've seen so far especially with like this episode humanizing Suwon so much more. I really thought <laughs> that that was what was going on. Like someone was making him do this, which I mentioned in the first episode. So I was very excited to see that I was not alone in this. The Lone Ginger 9 said that Yoon is their favorite character and that they also love how Yona cuts her hair. Uh, they figured it would be a for, for a disguise but it's for a rescue. And with how vain she was over it in the beginning, it's nice character development, which I yeah. thought was a cool perspective. For sure. Uh, everyone in the comments is praising how complex all of the characters are at this point, especially Suwon, which we have also said. Someone thinks Iksu's a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and regarding the fall, <laughs> So they started talking about the fall in the, the comment section and somebody, somebody said, I'm sorry, a kid I knew fell from the seventh floor of a building onto dumpsters below and made it out with minor fractures and bruises. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> The fact that they were like, yeah, of course they can fall 60 feet off a cliff. And dude, I knew fell into dumpsters and he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it made me laugh so hard. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. I've been excited to talk about this all week. For now, I think that's it. So, um... Come back next week and we'll see if uh, Yona asks the Oracle anything, if they deal with Hawk's recovery or if Hawk reams her for being stupid. Yes. <laughs> or if there's a weird psychic link between or villain and main character. character. I'm sorry. Okay. You know what? I'm just going to say it right now. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> we can forget about it because I'm 100% going to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> but also if you really want to come back and see if that happens i guess come back <laughs> all right well thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week bye sorry but it must have been so painful no it didn't really hurt that bad